Have you no sense of decency, sir? What really caught my eye was the um, the Helen Lewis article because naturally Helen Lewis catches my eye all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am biggest fan. The difference between abortion and Brexit. Um, <laughs> now, I, I I don't know about any of you. But I feel like there are stark differences yeah. that I don't need Helen Lewis to explain to me. Yeah, I think one yeah. being that she caused Brexit and she didn't cause abortion. <laughs> so, <laughs> she should have forced an abortion. I'm I'm just scrambling to make sure I'm recording here. Okay, I should have a, I should have a version of of uh, the banter just now. You know, you know, it's always you never want to lose the banter. Oh, the cold open. <laughs> That's what you get, I guess, when you just start, like, just talking about stuff straight away. Right, okay, I'm recording on my end, yes, I can, it's, I can see the sound waves, my, my own, uh, gibberish is getting down on, uh, not on paper, on, um, computer. Yes, tape. Look, I'm not gonna lie, you you better wish you got that banter, because that's all I've got. That's the most contribution I'm going to be making to this Skype call. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, it's a totally professional podcast. It's art, Mum. It's art. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely uh, accidentally overdid it with the weed, so I'm I'm so high I don't even know my own name and I can't see my hands properly. But this is gonna be great. <laughs> I've been yeah, I've been smoking. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just fell asleep. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that's that's the main reason we're running a bit behind schedule, and and I've just done all the research now. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, welcome, Alex. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Real Politics. Hello, hello, nine nine nine. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to report a crime. <laughs> <laughs> I figure before we get on to Glinner, front load the show with a little bit of irrelevant stuff and then move yeah. on to the Melts, because then all the Melts listen the to it. stop listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, the Melts are listening <laughs> and they're just like, this is fucking awful. This, what is this shit? Like, yeah. They're all, they're all doing Yorkshire accents. Like, why? <laughs> and then they, they, they never hear the bit where the, we're accusing them of, of obscene crimes. So, <laughs> yeah. Are you implying that, that this podcast ever gets good? Never. Never. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> we uh, disavow being good. <laughs> we reject it. Well, in fairness, I, I, was, I was coming home in the car earlier and Oasis came on. And I just, I just kind of got into the mood to do a podcast, you know, in the mood to cause Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how many people, there's so many culprits of Brexit. There's Tim Farron, obviously. God, uh, Nick, this this is some great milk. Uh, uh, I'm starting to get a little uh, woozy. Dunty Europe. Oh, well, well, what of it? It's fucked, Tim. On the way out, an elite capitalist club, Lexit. That's the way forward. You need to read some effing Ian Dunn. That's the good stuff. Get him to advise you on the referendum campaign. Now's the time for your natural Euroscepticism to shine. Uh, but Nick, I thought you were an arch Europhile. Oh, no, no, no. Come on, Tim. Fake news. Here, have some more milk. As politicians, haven't we all been caricatured in the press? I mean, I'm an arch Europhile in the same way Ian Dunt is. I can see which way the wind is blowing, and that way 
is out. I'm telling you, get Dunty on board. The guy knows a thing or two about the banana-bending crony cabal. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh... Send him back! Give us our Britain back! Uh, it's true that I've always been a bit of a Eurosceptic, but I, I think that ultimately uh, our interests are best served within the EU, uh, as leaving would result in a number of economic shocks, such as a sudden rise in the price of milk, for example. There is uh, Helen Lewis, as you just said, Alex. There's AC Grayling. AC Grayling, there's Oasis. J.K. Rowling, don't forget J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, yeah, obviously the big man himself, Tony B, not Ben, not Ben. <laughs> he, 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 was, he was bad, he was bad. It's all about his son and granddaughter or whatever who's a massive Blair, right? Yeah, those are the good Bens. Anyway, I me- obviously I meant Blair. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Things can only get better. <laughs> No, Hillary Ben was, was was certainly an, an interesting character to meet. Hillary Ben. Oh my God, I hate yes. him so much. Oh yeah, you Deeds. you've both met Hillary Ben, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I have the the misfortune to be in a picture with him. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> so how how did you come to meet Hillary Ben, Alex? Well, I was I was on official business, so I can't really can't really discuss it too much. But oh, okay. um, I was in CIA. a meeting. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm actually um, a cop. I'm a plant. I'm, I'm, here, to I'm here to infiltrate the Real Politics podcast. So that's my aim. Uh, I mean, we've already been infiltrated enough times. To... <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in fact, Tom Yair and I got a few episodes in till we all realised we were all cops and we'd all founded mm-hmm. this podcast together <laughs> with the sole purpose of infiltrating it. <laughs> So it's kind of a sort of self-perpetuating cycle of of uh, podcasting and uh, grassing. <laughs> opposing the government. You have fields. And opposing the conservatives. Cows that move backwards and forwards. I'm afraid it's the hard left. And you have the milk. Who want to tighten their control. That is taken from cows in the south. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. And taken from cows in the north. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. Put together in the same factory. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. And then it is mixed together with whiskey or in the you know ascendancy I, I, within the within the labor party who associate with the harlot and it comes out as milk you just said so that we were all right to right wing cows in the fields milk in the shops the hard left agenda the state controls the price of milk printing money that is what socialism does nationalization without compensation milk Sort of hard left wing position. Hard sort of left. The hard 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 left. So I feel we should say probably like, welcome to real politic. This is this is the show. This is happening now. Um, yeah. Oh my god. It's like I'm actually here. It's like I'm listening to the podcast, except <laughs> I am the podcast. This is unedited shit. You're hearing it without the long pauses cut out. <laughs> without without the like semi-tangential clips of rap music just stuck in the middle of a line. You are hiding a child. <laughs> <laughs>
waiting to hear your hard laugh. The left strong like the Bolsheviks and socialists. My goons bloodthirsty. They will rush you like the Soviets. Yeah. So, like, we're here on the hard left. <laughs> First episode of the Real Politic Wyoming sessions. Seven episodes <laughs> in seven days, right? Right. We're gonna oh, we're gonna do this. God. We're gonna break the records. They're all gonna be an hour and a half long, and be, um, and oh as God. as densely edited as any of our other episodes. And I am gonna make sure that I am the first man to die of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hasn't that technically already I happened mean, to Riley? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, I think that that's going to be where we where we call this one, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and nuclear-powered robots. I will see you all next week. Goodbye yes. from me, Amazon man and man. <laughs> 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 I can't. Goodbye for the evening. Goodbye to all our listeners in Equatorial. Fuck off! Fuck off! What was I saying? I think I'm the first woman to die of podcasting, um, having listened to the New Statesman podcast oh. uh, for, for several months and sustaining life threatening injuries as a result. Oh. <laughs> it's great, though. It's just like, who will Helen Lewis call a bot today? If you said that to me on Twitter, then I'd be drowning in people calling me a slug for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I want deep dive back. Sorry, Laura? I want deep dive back. Deep dive, yeah! Yeah, that was Become just fun podcast. The perishable yeah. item. Yeah. <laughs> I never listened to it. Have you heard the, the the best bit from the best episode, Alex, which was when Matt's old cousin went on it? And we've we've <laughs> we've clipped it on like about five uh, different episodes. I think, uh, uh, I think I heard it. Yeah. It's when the host Ian Leslie, Chris Leslie's cousin. Yeah. Is reading out uh, all, all these tweets that Matt did, which are just like, you're a complete melt. Like, <laughs> um, just like him calling people melts and stuff. It's like, it's the stupidest stuff. I mean, obviously he's right in all of the tweets. Like, they're, I think they were aimed at Chris Deeran, the New Statesman oh, Scotland yeah, yeah, yeah. editor. <laughs> Chris Deering, you're incredible. a stupid man. Oh, God. Put yourself out to pasture, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you are seen as a complete melt. And, you're melt also... and you also are one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny uh, enough, I've got that planned for later, but with Gra- um, Graham Linehan. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all kids. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I've warned Matt that I'm going to do this. Um, the uh, Some of the tweets that he sent yesterday, you went on a kind of... Um, you went around kind of being really angry at people. Um, I'm not angry. So, you know... <laughs> okay, good. So, oh, yeah. I'm going to read some of them out, right? And yeah, then, yeah, I, which I know you're, you're fine with. Um, this is to Neil Wallace. Ha ha, you absolute melt. What are you? What are you apart from totally irrelevant? Uh, Chris Deering, uh, retire, you idiot. I, I will come yeah, back to you, yeah. I promise. Um, retire, you idiot. Put yourself out to pasture, pal. You're a seen, you are seen as a supreme melt, and you also happen to be one. Take care and love to the family, which is a bit dark. I'm not going to like sit here and justify, you know, what my views are. You know, I'm not going to sit. Sorry, I'm not going to sit here and justify uh, uh, my language when I've been com- routinely uh, abu- abused by people on the right of the Labour Party, it's like Paul Richards, Andrew Spooner. You know, these people are just trolls.
Today we have a fantastic guest to talk with us on a horrible subject, sadly. But either way, we've got Alex. Alex is my queer communist daughter from <laughs> NI. Yeah, I'm sure you all know Alex. From the 32 counties. <laughs> Northern Ireland is fake news. From Derry, London, Derry. Oh, <laughs> I hope I'm you got sorry. the brackets in there so you can appeal to both sides. Yeah, classic BBC line. But yeah, we've got Alex on to talk about issues that like actually affect her, which will be nice. So well, let's get on with it, unless we need to say anything more. Thanks very much for bringing me on. It's nice of you to bring some tankies on to the show, you know, Di- <laughs> diversify. I need friends sometimes. It's hard for me to exist in a world where I have to listen to Jack say horrible melt things about Oasis all the time. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, which of my terrible <laughs> melt opinions? Revisionist opinions on Be Here oh. Now. <laughs> there are seven people in this room tonight who are giving a little bit of hope to young people in this country. That is me, our kid, Bonehead, Quigsy, Alan White, Alan McGee, and Tony Blair. And if you'd all got anything about you, you get up there and you shake Tony Blair's hand, man. He's a man. <laughs> just the oasis stuff that's fine that's fine i can take it thanks so much for joining us alex and um for our listeners where can they find you on twitter well i wouldn't recommend it but um you can find me on twitter at alex.mur that's alex d-o-t mur because i'm really awkward like that <laughs> also on instagram at the same name but twitter is where you'll find my my tanky rants that's pretty oh, yeah. much where all the activism goes and I don't know, I've got to say that as somebody who, you know, lives GB, sadly, the stuff that Alex was doing over the, maybe like the two months running up to the referendum really taught me quite a lot about what was going on north and south of the border. So I would say if you have any interest in either Irish politics or, you know, bodily autonomy politics or whatever, I would follow Alex. You'll learn a lot from her. <laughs> She might be young, Thanks, but you Jesus Christ, she knows a lot and she does a lot of work. So yeah. we're really excited to have her on the show. Absolutely. And like, shout out again to our youngest ever guest. Woo! Oh, I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought we could just like go through a couple of the latest political revelations relevant to the Real Politic podcast, and then move on to the main item for today, which if uh, you've that our listeners haven't guessed from the hints we've been dropping is the sad decline of once beloved comedy writer Graham Linehan, creator of Father Ted, the IT crowd, and um, I think he co-created Black Books with Dylan Moran, but it's definitely more of a Dylan Moran project and Glinner was only around for one season. So there's all that to look forward no, my, to. The main topic was Brexit. I, I was, I was <laughs> kind of really excited. I, I can I can talk about Brexit if you want. I can I can go <laughs> if you <laughs> like. I, just turning into like just just with with all the like bitter resentful crankiness of of a middle aged FBP dad that just directed at the middle aged FBP dads. Because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm I'm getting very tired of of the sensible left. Like I I I can't be dealing with them. Like I'm, you know, I'm. I, I, for a start, I I'm not sensible. And secondly, <laughs> I, I I I'm not on the left. I'm a member of a conservative party. 
which is, actually which did is, you know um, Anna Sivri's on the left? No. I, so, well, I did. In fact, that in. that is what I was going to say, Alex. Is because that's the only way to stop Brexit. Which is, uh, as somebody <laughs> hel- helpfully said the other day, Brexit is capitalism. So. If you want to fight the vested interests in our society, you better stop Brexit and you better stop Brexit by joining the Conservative Party and posing for pictures with former ministers in the David Cameron government and and holding up a stupid fucking banner at Labour's (laughs) lovely festival for all the family. Oh, God. Could this one be an AstroTurf campaign? That was so bad. That was awful. They, they were just, oh, please stop being melts. It's just embarrassment, it's not that hard. Of course, it was embarrassing because it's classic fucking Richard Brooks. He was the embarrassment of the NUS for like three years. Oh, so is he one of the 20? Um, yeah, the, the banner holders. Yeah. The, the banner holders. Little slugs with no personality and just jealous that we're better at everything than you. I've got a little tidbit from The Guardian. So it's from Zoe Williams' article today which was an article criticising Jeremy Corbyn for his stance on Brexit, but say... Haven't like, seen one of those before. Yeah, <laughs> I know! Completely new content. It's so good that the, yeah. um, the, 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 the columnists at The Guardian, who were seen as relatively sympathetic to Corbyn, are, uh, you know, weighing in with some of their own. But there's just, like, one little sentence which stuck out to me. According to its spokesman, Callum Milbank Murphy, they were getting a lot of strong support oh, God, I've met him. I've oh, met him. Oh, have I've you? Met him. They were I've get- met him. You've met him, and w- was that a, a pleasure? It w- it it was at a at a, at a stop Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! I was speaking in Parliament at something about the devolved institutions and how they'll be affected by Brexit, and I'm pretty sure he was setting up like two seats down for me. And yeah, everyone was clapping me because they thought I was super hashtag Remain. And <laughs> Stephen Kinnock was goddamn hosting <laughs> the event, which is obviously great. Um, Why good for my public this? image. Why are you doing this? Black. You don't know anything. Black. Why are you doing this now? (laughs) Yeah, sorry, sorry. It's very perplexing, Steve. Oh god, he's so useless. And oh, I was in stitches watching that documentary. <laughs> it's brilliant. And that was where you met Hilary Benn, wasn't it? I met Hilary Benn at a meeting that day earlier on. Ah. So, you know, a, a whole option of melts in one day. Um, <laughs> Truly the best. Got, got a group picture with <laughs> a real melting pot, you could say. Got a, got a, got a nice picture with Arlene Foster. Um, <laughs> as well <laughs> fucking hell which I promptly asked to be cropped out of thank you very much <laughs> so yeah Callum oh. Milbank Murphy um, friend of the show claimed that um, <laughs> at Labour Live they had a lot of strong support from the young to the 
you lot are childish wankers evaluation that they got from the old. And I imagine that's referring to their encounter with, with uh, again, friend of the show, the Financial Times' is Stephen Smith, who <laughs> had a run-in with one of them and said they just kind of had these robotic, scripted replies to everything he said, um, the Our Future, Our Choice crew. Oh, it's embarrassing. Don't want to be a slow. But the next sentence is what really stuck out to me. Eventually, our future, our choice, was persuaded to lay down its banner, and some people duly stamped on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, seen off. Yes. Seen off. It's fucking seen off. I mean, our future, our choice, they're paying for these billboards in John McDonnell and Diane Abbott's constituencies, which show McDonnell and abbott in the pocket of jacob reese mogg um i mm. really intel i would say like top tier intelligent imagery (laughs) you know laura they they... like they've really got banksy on site here (laughs) do you remember (laughs) i mean yeah you're right it's totally not just like a recycled uh, conservative attack ad from the 2015 election (laughs) but um do you remember what their bio on twitter used to be which was like we are from such and such such and such oxbridge yeah it was like it was like they listed a couple of you universities and then like Oxbridge <laughs> okay and there was a revelation today like we sorry we'll get on to the main shit eventually but this is just so good the latest no uh, sorry Brexit is the most important issue of our time <laughs> we need to be talking about it you're all right. the time you're right and never you, stop and you know who agrees with you on that Alex Graham Linehan literally every. <laughs> <laughs> because there was everyone <laughs> what was he was sticking up for that tweet i think it was like alistair campbell where he listed off like a, lo- a load of like yeah this is <sighs> this is where the anti-brexit anti-trans rights pseudo left are now just like alistair campbell that's our boy listen you got a plan you got unbelievable not have it all got a, got a plan for things have you yeah yeah like have. iraq um in we go come on yeah, he, uh, and it was when Alistair Campbell like reeled off a big list of like really reasonable things Corbyn was tweeting about and was complaining that Corbyn hadn't tweeted about Brexit for like 10 hours or something. Yeah. And Graham Linehan was just like, this is, this is very reasonable actually. But <laughs> the latest fact, <laughs> this is, this is, this is all true. Courtesy of Nadia Jiwa on Twitter at random variable. My favourite staffer of Our Future, Our Choice is the communications director, working out of New York, who previously did propaganda research for Rex Tillerson in the US State Department in the Trump administration. Very nice. Oh, oh my sweet God. Quite extraordinary. So this guy's called Alistair Pearson, communications director at Our Future, Our Choice, Columbia University in the city of New York. I run press at Our Future, Our Choice, and they are fucking always in the press so he's not doing a bad job (laughs) dm to contact our media surrogates like creepy yeah i mean media surrogates is like (laughs) it's it's like you know hillary clinton had media so you know jeremy corbyn has media surrogates a grassroots group 
that is just like, yeah, we've got all our media surrogates is a bit kind of, you know, already the alarm bells are ringing. Um, yeah. But if you... One of them just messages into their group chat, just like, right, lads, who wants to talk to the Guardian? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I've already spoken on the show previously about how they've rephrased it now, but on their about page on their website, they used to say, we are founded by three in a very kind of like yeah. portentous Lord of the Ringsy kind of way. But there's, a- there's actually... <laughs> four people on there and one of them is just a rich french guy yeah there's like these three students like this is a student-led organization you know by the youth and there's just this one like 30 odd year old french guy who's like clearly not a founder because he's like not designated as a founder but he also does run okay yeah no totally so he's obviously the guy who's i mean as well as this fucking like state department ghoul he's obviously the kind of guy who's hooking them up with constant coverage in the guardian etc and he's got an interesting history (laughs) felix mark and i think i'm not sure if that's how you say his name but he has hosted these events which serve the purpose of and i quote a rough google translation of the french wikipedia page on him their purpose is to bring together elites from both both sides of the Atlantic. So this is just like some cunt steeped in neoliberalism like he came out with this gimmick a few years ago which was like the French youth should just leave France to further themselves economically and he's advised Macron which tells you you everything you need to know real uh, real interesting character but anyway this is what Alistair Pearson from Our Future Our Choice did at the US State Department as a virtual student foreign service intern supported remote computational propaganda research and strategy for the State Department, working with... It literally says propaganda. The black arts and propaganda. Working with supervisors in the Office of the Science and Technology Advisor to the Secretary of State, which, need we remind you, is Rex Tillerson. (laughs) Some, like, fucking right-wing... Again, just a fucking ghoul. Wrote classified strategic planning memos that were forwarded to undersecretaries of state and that was from september 2017 to may 2018 and then the next month right. our future our choice were like where should we recruit from being a, we, we're we're the left corbyn's not the left corbyn's a tory he supports brexit mm. where should we recruit from ah the trump state department <laughs> reactionary politics our job is never done i did just check rex tillerson does not have hashtag fppe in his twitter bio <laughs> no um just, just gonna continue doing reconnaissance and that um see more propaganda what remain propaganda he's pushing out just to just to tell you what computational propaganda is it's the use of information and communication technologies to influence perceptions and manipulate behavior there is a proliferation of people and organizations focused on issues relating to cp counter disinformation weaponized narratives information operations research into psychological techniques for manipulation well you know i i did think there was something very um russian russia about our future, our choice, I'll say. Uh, disinformation, propaganda, all these words, these are things that Russia invented in 2016, I think. So, yeah. Open and shut, really. 2015? Oh, yeah. Maybe they started interfering in politics. I, I, I think they actually 
Donald Trump at one point, but but I can't be can't be too sure about that. They just created him. They it's created, just, yeah, he, I thought he you said that. Before 2015. Yeah. Thanks to Russia. Well, there's a lot to thank Russia for, to be fair. And here I'll, <laughs> I'll just uh, throw in a plug for the first ever piece of real politic propaganda that I have uh, <laughs> I have not been a prominent voice on. In fact, I have not been a voice at all on, which is our uh, first bit of World Cup commentary that you can find on our Twitter, and it should be on Vimeo if FIFA haven't taken it down. So check that out, Russia. Yeah, I am a bona fide <laughs> sports commentator now for the Russian state. So here we are at the 2018 FIFA World Cup Russia opening ceremony. Absolute scenes here. As um, uh, oh, there's there's oh, Ronaldo. Look at him, he's zappy. <laughs> is, is the little kid Ronaldo? Oh, what? Oh, first glimpse of Robbie Williams. Le- the child has been handed to Robbie Williams. I feel uncomfortable already. <laughs> why, why is the dancer from Take That on the pitch right now? Why? <laughs> is he supposed oh, I, I like to... Oh. I like that the Russians for Take That is actually Take That. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and it begins. It begins with Here we go. A, a pitchy rendition of Let Me, Let me Entertain You. Entertain you? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so this is the main. This is the main like ceremony. They decided to, this is the guy who did um, Party Like a Russian, and I think upset a lot of Russians doing that. So they've they've invited him on to open their World Cup. Jesus Christ. Oh, they're, they're dressed as footballs. They've got footballs on their heads. It oh, it's the whole it's the whole thing. Like it's the whole shebang. It's just confusing. Like I don't have a clue what. Wow, that's a lot of football. Football space hoppers. I don't know what process ended with the decision to let Robbie Williams do this. And actually, probably not even just to let him. They probably paid him to do this. <laughs> oh yeah, he's been paid a, a fair bit. I mean, just look at him. He's just like your dad having a, the weekend of his cunt. life. Party like a Russian. End of discussion. Dance like he got concussion. Oh. Party like a Russian. Yeah. A lot of Many. questions. I've got, got a lot of questions. Have you listened to his swing album? I have not. I don't know why I'd want to do that. <laughs> Real love, home that I live in. Why don't you love this song, Jeez. Laura? I got so much life. They're doing angels. I don't want this. He's taking the opera singer on stage and he's going to make her sing angels. <laughs> I fucking hate this song. This... I'm loving angels instead. <laughs> what he looks so much like Morrissey. He is. <laughs> when when England when the home nations inevitably host a future World Cup, he's going to come on stage in the opening ceremony, draped in the British flag, going, "You don't get it, do you? You don't understand." <laughs> he's just going to go full Morrissey. <laughs> he is a beautiful blonde woman holding a ball. That's the ball they'll be playing with this tournament. Oh. A good ball, I hear. Yeah, you should start advertising like the Russian equivalent of Walkers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, vodkas. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's like my, 
Yeah, <laughs> my shittest, like, borderline, probably fully xenophobic joke since I posted the picture of my gapes with the sombrero and the little twirly oh, moustache. Milk! Oh my god. Oh Jesus. That would actually provide a nice segue, I think, into the next little thing we've got, <laughs> which let's read out. So, Labour is currently doing a democracy review, and obviously people around the country have been submitting to Labour their proposals for how the party can go forward and what ideas they can take with them. And I particularly like this one, which says, Canned peaches, Mike. Make Britain great again. Bring back poverty desserts. Which is co-signed by Labour MP Mike Gapes, who said... Don't forget spam and corned beef <laughs> and coronation tinned milk. Oh, God. <laughs> Gapes. Can the minister confirm that two years ago they were telling us that the EU's unity would shatter? we'd be able to pick off individual countries and get a deal and that the German milk industry would change the position of the German government. Whether you have a red cake or a blue cake, a red cake with great big red cherries or a blue cake with great big blue cherries, the fact is you will not be able to eat that cake because you have the milk. I don't know how to link this in with the stupid fucking Labour Democracy Review segue, but there's another tweet from Gapes that comes up if you search from at Mike Gapes Milk, which (laughs) (laughs) which is at Redbridge Tories. (laughs) Well, I was a paper boy too, and a milk monitor, and worked in a shop and delivered paraffin and lemonade. So there... Oh, God. Incredible. Such world experience. I have Mike Gapes and I will monitor your milk. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Follow the milk. Milk. Follow the milk. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Taken from cows in the south. Whether you have a red cake or a blue cake with red cherries on top. Yes. What's a blue cherry anyway? (laughs) Fuck Mike. Say what you will about Mike Gapes. I mean, no, really, say what you will about Mike Gapes. At him with a megaphone. Email him thicklet like friend of the show, Farage's fucked face. Um, Seriously. Dick Miller, the condom filler. (laughs) But. That was incredible. No, that was the funniest thing. Say what you will about Mike Gapes, but that man really loves milk. He is. (laughs) He, he he loves the stuff. He is seriously committed to that lifestyle, and I respect that. The, the lamb is the people, and the milk is socialism. Maybe he's the milk. Maybe you're the tit. No. Maybe he just wants a drink. Hmm? A drink yeah. of milk. Possible. Uh, milk here, immediately. No, not milk, just water. Apparently I'm blocked from Mike Gates' Twitter account, oh, no. um, so unfortunately I can't at him. 
Oh, he hasn't blocked real politic. He he like sometimes like acts us back or um, yeah. or like likes our tweets <laughs> about him. <laughs> or is, I think Tim Farron has gone. Yeah, he he doesn't respond as much anymore, which is sad because it probably means he's preparing a legal case. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I will finish this fucking play. I don't fucking care. Who finish the play before it lands us all in prison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that one scene where the frogs jizz all over him was enough. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I think we oh, should move. No, Not we should listen to this now. What the bloody hell are you doing, Tim? Oh, all right, Laura. I was just stopping to take in some of the sunshine on my way to band practice. Eh, uh, bit of a detour, isn't it? Well, w- what are you doing here, then? I live here. This is me dad's farm. Well, are we going to band practice, then? What What are you doing out here? I, I told you. Uh, taking in the sunshine. No, you weren't. It's grey and shit and miserable. I want to fucking die. Hey, are they milking the cows? Oh, um, I, I wouldn't know. Are you watching them milk the cows? Oh, no, no, uh, of course not. Fuck off! What are you, some kind of fucking voyeur? State you, mate, you're a fucking mess. No, Laura, c- come on, hang on, wait, wait. That's it. You've got it. What? Backtrack a second. What was that word you used then? Uh, fucking or mess. No, the, the other one. For you, you fucking mess. That's it. You've only gone and bloody got it, Laura, me old mucker. That's the band. The Voyeurs. Tim Farron and the Voyeurs. If we want to do an East Street band kind of deal. We don't. Okay, never mind. Look, we'd better get going. Here's to the Voyeurs. Soon to be the biggest and best band in the world. You talk to me with milk. Yeah, we should we should we should probably move on to Graham Linehan, I think. I just seen that picture of Laura looking really stoned. <laughs> we, we should probably move on to Graham Linehan. But speaking of being really stoned, Labour have announced a new policy that is a step in the right direction. Like it's still fairly mild, but it's like it would be shit if it wasn't their policy. They are going to decriminalise the medical use of marijuana. Is it not currently just medical use of marijuana oil? Oh, is it? Are you going to let you smoke it? Oh, God, hang on. Let me... Let let me... Let me take a look. I'm pretty sure it would be CBD oil. Oh, yeah, probably just oil. The the case is just the oil, isn't it? That's what the kids have been using. Uh, Oil issue is that it's got THC in it. According to Kevin Mander on Twitter, not only would Labour make marijuana legal, but they would go further and make heroin, LSD and cocaine legal too. They say this like it's a bad thing. Finally I can do rails of crystal meth on the bus. Well, the policy's fucking shitter than I thought then, but I think I was confused because Tom Watson says the time has come to legalise for medicinal use of cannabis. Maybe he's just not specifying that it's uh, it's oil. But I know that has been what the conversation has been around, hasn't it? It has been mainly around oil because there's been a couple of yeah. particular cases. Mm-hmm. One, I think, from Northern Ireland? Mm. The most recent one? Yeah. As far the, the as I'm... Yeah. The... Yeah. yeah Billy Caldwell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure the kid's oh, name, but yeah. obviously the kid, the kid that had previously been prescribed cannabis mm-hmm. oil by a doctor here 
He then, yeah. his mum tried to bring it back from, I think, Canada, and it was seized it by was the Home Canada, Office yeah. and kept for three weeks until they finally decided in what is essentially a landmark ruling to let the mother actually have the oil from the Home Office and use it to treat her son. And, like, this was, like, while this child was in such a deteriorating condition. Yeah. He was readmitted to hospital within, like, a week or two of not yeah. having this medication. And he's just been let out now. He's been discharged because he's actually gotten his medication back. The Home Office are just complete fascists. Yeah, and, they, watch, they, watched just... him, they watched him suffer to the point where doctors were scared that he could essentially die. Yeah. They watched him yeah. suffer for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then finally, we're like, fine, you can have this medication. It's still so brutal. They messed with this kid's life. There is literally no reason for them to have withheld it. It's just for yeah. some goddamn ideological opposition to the use of cannabis or cannabis oil to yeah. treat health conditions. And it's not based in evidence. It's not based in any false concern about its use as a recreational drug. It's just because they didn't want to fucking give it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mainstream political debate on drug reform in the UK is so far behind. I mean, debate outside oh, of like the Westminster sphere, and it's even uh, it's even behind the debate on the subject in in like many areas of America. Mm-hmm. And it's worth pointing out that it's not just the current brutal regime at the Home Office who've been incredibly vicious and authoritarian in their enforcement of drug policy and ignored all available evidence under New Labour successive home secretaries but um the particular example i've seen cited recently is jackie smith who's now got a podcast called for the many with ian oh, dale yeah. which is yeah. as good as our pod- with a racist potato ian dale yeah. not, not as good as our podcast oh god it's like politics home some melt shite oh, but yeah david nutt that who was at the time the drugs are which sounds really cool but, but <laughs> not like kind of like scarface drug impresario uh, you know in charge of uh, formulating drug policy in the uk you know he he brought nut um, sacked. yeah nut was nut yeah nut not not sacking happened yes, yes. um there were <laughs> Yeah, he, he brought all the evidence for decriminalisation, yeah, and just got, got the fucking binned. So it's uh, this has been a pervasive problem in mainstream political debate, and it's good to see, I guess, Labour taking a slightly more... Uh, what, what would be good? Slightly more good well, stance on it. It's the bare minimum yeah. they can yeah. do, realistically. Yeah. Like, it's the bare minimum they can do to, like, one set of fists... And to be like moderately like attacking the Tories on something like that, yeah. like there is the potential to go much farther and just yeah. decriminalize it and decriminalize well all drugs and ensure that their use isn't processed through the criminal justice system but through the healthcare system. Yeah. But Labour is still controlled by these goddamn neoliberals and centrists and fucking yeah. Jess Phillips and Hunts like West the who spent the entire day like celebrating people getting arrested and fucking attacked by police dogs yeah it was an absolute ghoul like what a freak 
it was the border agency as well. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. wild that he, he was he was president of the NUS. So it's it's great that like the fucking students union for the country is like led by the kind of people who'd fucking knock on you for fucking smoking a joint in your fucking room. Yeah, but... before that he was president of Cambridge. <laughs> oh god, yeah, he's he's like, so... he was, of course he was, he was in student he was in student politics for like oh, 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 like a good five years before yeah. he disappeared to do some real work in inverted commas and then parachuted into his safe seat. God, he's such a slug. Yeah, his safe seat right next to Mike Gapes. Milk! That feel when you get into Parliament in 2015 and immediately start sucking up to Mike Gapes to advance (laughs) your career. Milk industry! But yeah, like, I do wonder what the kind of internal party dynamics in this debate are because Corbyn and Abbott have both come out in favour of legalisation of recreational use in the past. I think they both signed an early day motion on it in about two thousand yeah um i just came across a a wes tweet oh um, yeah go on adding someone called estelle hart um (laughs) saying spliffy was a disgraceful character (laughs) that promoted (laughs) recreational drug use to working class kids (laughs) and someone has replied calling him west spliffing but uh, (laughs) there's one where he's the mcspliffer not the mcshitter (laughs) there's one where he says he's he's been in back to back meetings all day and he only managed to get a break at 4.20 to have his lunch in 10 minutes and I'm like just sneaking out for 10 minutes at 4.20 to have lunch yeah okay we've all been there (laughs) but I think a group who might not be so happy about Labour's slight change in policy if this is even is a change fucking hell maybe it was a policy already but is probably Melt Guido aka the Red Raw who wrote in their reporting of Labour Live surely not faint whiff of marijuana at Labour Live. Perhaps the drug amnesty (laughs) bin has caught fire. Music, art, poetry, dreaming, fun, happiness, great day out. Amazing. She's like, you fucking nerds. (laughs) You fucking Tory nerds. There's another one where from the same day, I can't be bothered to find it, but they're just like whinging about unemployed people. And it's just like, you Tory cunt, fuck you. And Tom Blackburn at Malaise Forever posted a tweet which is like, when you catch a faint whiff of marijuana at Labour Live. And it's just a picture of David Miliband looking very upset and disturbed <laughs> in, in, in a load of confetti. <laughs> <laughs> And balloons. Um, God, I'm so glad David Miliband's coming back into politics. We we sure missed him. We did come back, and and his grand people of South Shields haven't suffered enough. Yeah, and his grand intervention (laughs) to stop Brexit was like fucking him, like eating a fucking rice pudding or something, and being like, "Oh, if we left the EU, then we won't have these rice puddings anymore." It's like I'm sure, I'm sure someone will make the rice pudding, mate. I'm sure. Yeah, like, what was that photo shoot? Why was he just standing in front of like massive bags of rice? I guess they were just the latest <laughs> corporate melts to fund the anti Brexit campaign. Um, you know, people always ask me, Jack, who is your favourite consortium of corporate interests? And I always say, it's got to be our future, our choice. <laughs> <laughs> Double mall in the bayou. <laughs> I just, I just got a search of labor marijuana. <laughs> I don't know why marijuana <laughs> as well. Like it's not, it's not generally the preferred nomenclature. Marijuana. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Right, uh, I'll send it to you. 
Uh, oh, no, no, that's just the search for Labour Marijuana. <laughs> I sent to you. What a great, slick podcast. I smoke mad weed, yes, we galore. Smoke till your heart stops or your throat gets sore. Whether in the blunt or easy rider, doesn't matter. Just wrap your spliff tight and roll your spliff fatter. I smoke mad weed around the clock all the time. It's the only thing that keeps me from losing my mind. I smoke mad weed around the clock all the time. It's the only thing that keeps me from losing my mind. I smoke mad weed around the clock all the time. It's the only thing that keeps me from losing my mind. I smoke mad weed around the clock all the time. It's the only thing that keeps me from losing my mind. But let's talk about Graham Leonard. So, like, we've put it off long enough. We've, we've chatted enough shit about enough shit and now we come on to our main item for today which is a kind of follow-up to our Rick Gervais episode that came out a couple of weeks back or no it's probably which I've absolutely listened to yeah (laughs) oh I have actually oh you have never mind I am the number one fan obviously I thought that was what's her name from the observer oh what Gabby (laughs) oh yeah I keep forgetting it was her because why would it be her hit piece and then like she's just like the slick real politic endlessly (laughs) rude about like the the other half of the Labour Party like oh yes that half of the Labour Party that meant it was a dead heat between Jeremy Corbyn and Owen Smith Mm. well I'm I'm, I'm glad you think I'm normal I am normal (laughs) anyway Graham Linehan. So, what, yeah, what 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 were our opinions on Graham Linehan in the past? Were we aware of him? Nope. I literally didn't know he existed. Didn't know his name. Didn't know who the hell he was. I think the first time I ever knew he existed at all was he was in a weird Twitter conversation with the puke man. Oh fuck, what's his name? Bob. Lewis Bob. Lewis Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that guy is a bell end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Glitter was in a conversation with Lewis Barth and, there was, and it was just like, I just thought it was all old men and then sort of like clicked through to their profiles and was like, oh, they're all old, kind of maybe like famous-ish mm, blue people. Tick. Yeah, yeah, like, like blue ticks, but also like blue ticks that said like they'd won awards and television awards and shit in their bios. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, there's, mm-hmm. there's someone. But they were just like having this incredibly like misogynist, racist conversation. <laughs> Oh, wow, like, well, okay. These all sound like fucking cunts. And then a few months later, Glinner went on his first little transphobic meltdown that he had like last summer. I remember a lot of people in 2016 pointing this out. There was a medium post written called. <laughs> the picture at the top of it is just a picture of Graham Linehan with an arrow pointing to him and the word transphobe. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> very to the point. Um, and it's called well, it's, it's time to it's time to call out Graham Linehan's ugly transphobia. And this was in response to a debate in December 2016 when National Geographic published an issue with the cover story "The Gender Revolution," and Glinner sided with his friend Boodleoops. Rebecca oh, Ryan Cooper. Boodaloops sounds like the kind of like compound swear word a disgraced former book <laughs> of it writer would come up with. <laughs> <laughs> and she's described in this article as somebody who has written extensively about her fear of trans women being allowed into cis women's spaces. 
She tweeted, glad Inter- to see... Intercess women's spaces, which, is, which are obviously a thing. Yeah. <laughs> she tweeted, glad to see we are finally getting rid of women in this glorious gender revolution. Don't worry, though. Male people will still exist. And Glinner, righteously nodding his head, fucking perfect example of how misogyny is internalised and now commercialised. Comma. Oh, I hate him. I hate him. He's uh, so horrible. Yeah, he is very horrible. And I, I, yeah, I find it so depressing just the kind of sheer spite directed by him at people who are so often just like, Graham, I love your shows. I, I think you've written so much funny stuff. I, I was a huge fan. Like, you know, I could still be a huge fan, but you just keep saying this stuff. It's really, yeah. really alienating and upsetting to a lot of people. And he's just like, oh, well, I don't listen to those dipshits. And it's just like so fucking petulant. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's just a smug prick really i think we should start because we always do everything in weird orders on real politics we might as well just get it out of the way who he is what he's done he was the co-creator of father ted with his fellow irish comedy writer arthur matthews which like i don't know about youtube but i i i love father ted like it's um it's a show i grew up with i don't have a kind of attachment to either of his other major shows but father ted for me is like the shit but i haven't been able to watch watch it it a lot so if you had the same kind of experience i've had alex where it's just god yeah no it's 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 just been on in the background throughout my entire childhood and now it's just i would not look at that thing no thank you and it's you know it's a shame like I mean, Arthur Matthews, I did find at one point, he was, like, retweeting Nick Cohen and stuff. Absolute And I was just like, I got the signal. I was like, okay, I'm getting out of here. And <laughs> uh, and that is obviously disappointing. I mean, especially because, I mean, Nick Cohen himself is a, is a male turf. But, like, yeah. it's not quite as disappointing as, you know, he's not a personality in the same way as Glinner. And this guy just using his platform to just shit on a fucking minority group. He was like an early adopter of Twitter. Apparently before that he was like big on LiveJournal or whatever the equivalent was. (laughs) But he's always been a big tweeter. And, you know, a friend of ours who was involved in the kind of New States mini journo set that Glinner has fallen in with back in the early 2010s said that he was definitely somebody that when they joined Twitter, people kept saying to them, oh, you've got to follow Graham Linehan. Oh, he's great. He's quite left wing. He's, he's very funny. And uh, he created Father Ted, which is obviously encouraging. Um, that's the problem because this guy has such like huge progressive credentials like everyone kind of knows him as the funny guy who made father ted and is left wing and he Mm. kind of just hides behind that and you'll follow him unknowingly and then all of a sudden just loads of fucking turf shit is on your timeline yeah i hear you're now father (laughs) what what interested in that type of thing that's really interesting because i had no concept of like what father ted was you know never seen it never really heard of it until fairly recently so i have no like there's no background for me with whatever Glenn's politics might be or might have been or whatever 
I had no preconceptions about him as being like left wing or anything. So Mm -hmm. I would never have accidentally stumbled across his tweets because he was like known as a funny person because he wasn't like known to me as a funny person. So that's really strange how, I don't know, I just can't imagine looking at the things that he says and trying to balance that against my thought that he was like somehow left wing or like an okay person. See, the whole thing about him being left wing isn't necessarily from Father Ted because that isn't like a particularly left wing show and definitely not the IT crowd because it's shit. But like, it's kind of like he portrays himself as a left wing person as a progressive mm. he's like vocally supported the repeal campaign and things like that in the same-sex marriage mm. referendum as mm. far as i'm aware and it's it's similar to how he claims to promote feminism and the feminist agenda in order to perpetuate his transphobia he mm. plays up the progressive card which gives him a pass to a lot of people to yeah. be openly transphobic because sometimes to some people, especially in the centre, if they hold transphobic <laughs> ideologies, to some people transphobia is not necessarily a bad thing, obviously, yeah. but it's also like something that can make you more progressive in their eyes. If you talk to fucking Helen Lewis or fucking Sarah yeah. they would say that transphobia or well, they wouldn't put it this way, but basically trans exclusion and taking a gender critical stance is necessary to being progressive. And I think he kind of plays up that. Yeah, and yeah. that's how he's allowed to kind of maintain those progressive credentials. Yeah, I totally get that. That weird media circle where actually trans misogyny is, is central to their idea of what their left wing politics is. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting kind of question about his social circle. And the fact that generally on the left, you can't just get away with coming out and saying transphobic stuff and somebody would have a word. But he doesn't seem to have any kind of... I mean, maybe he is losing friends um, mm. over this. Like, I saw that that horrible cunt, Eager Elephant, somebody <laughs> a lot of people on left Twitter will be familiar with, sobbing on Twitter that he'd lost countless friends. Countless, because of his transphobia. Um, which is great. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of reasons that you could stop being Eager Elephant's friend, to be fair. Yeah. But... Yeah, is somebody not having a word? And something that made me speculate about this, and obviously it is entirely Glynner's responsibility, well, no, actually it's not, it is the responsibility of people around him to have a word, but, you know, nobody is controlling his thoughts like Jeremy Corbyn did to Paul, the original centrist dad. <laughs> the idea that someone else can control your thoughts. Um, <laughs> But there was something that did make me think about his kind of social incentive to be a raging fucking transphobe when the debate on the left has moved so far away from that. And this was an issue of the New European, which was called the New Feminist, guest edited by Caroline Criado. Oh, Uh, Perez. CCP. Everybody knows who she is. It's fine. Uh, no, 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 sorry, yeah, I have just been, like, spelling her name wrong the whole time. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, guest edited by Caroline Criado Perez, and it featured Suzanne Moore, mm-hmm. it featured Tracy King, who I, th- I think is a pretty unpleasant transphobe, Louise Raw, who New Socialist dropped an article from, because it turned out that she was an unrepentant transphobe. Oh, Sarah, sure. Sarah Ditton. Shocking. 
Helen Lewis with the difference between abortion and Brexit. Right. I'm, I'm turning it over in my head right now. I'm not sure I can think of anything. I think Glosswitch was in there as well somewhere, by the way. And also somebody called Helen Linehan. Linehan? Linehan. I've heard that name before. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helen Lineahan? It is Graham Linehan's wife. So it's kind of like, uh, do they just kind of like sit around at home, like talking about, like, do they get together with Brian Cox and his wife and just like sit around and oh, bitch God. about the trans lobby? <laughs> There's current gender ideology. Yeah, you, you said that to me the other day, Alex, but he always uses these, what did you call them? Buzzwords. Yeah, like... oh God, no, it's it's just literally, he's taken the turf kind of, the handbook, the dictionary of turfs, and he's just adopted it like wholesale. One tweet, I'm sick of hearing feminists disparaged, usually by men, because they don't agree with current gender ideology. Yeah. Apparently, everyone is too busy trying to get pink Lego removed from toy shops until Telling women not to center their vaginas. Hello, listeners. It is I, Sebastian Payne, reporting from Labour Live for the Financial Times. It appears to me that the leader of UKIP is. Oh, hold on. Let me check. Count Dankula's Nazi pug? Labour should be quaking in their boots at this development. Instead, they're focused on trying to get pink Lego removed from toy shops. Furthermore, I have caught a faint whiff of marijuana, and I am near certain that Jeremy Corbyn is trying to control my mind. Oh, why look? It's my Financial Times colleague, Market's desk editor, Stephen Smith. Oh, hello, Steve. Oh, 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 oh crumbs. Oh, oh. Like, it's just so frustrating. There's just streams of tweets of him adding people, telling them not to use the term turf because it's yeah, misogynistic. It's, apparently. Yeah, because it's misogynistic, because um, it's a slur. It's a slur, you know? And he, in, indeed, he, he linked a Sarah Didham article um, oh. under under one of them, which was, you know, the best person to link in this scenario. He really has just got in with this crew. The thing about Glenner is is that he's always been a transphobe. Like, there has been evidence from back whenever he was writing the IT crowd and things like that, where he wrote, like, super, like, a hugely transphobic episode and then defended it back in, like, 2009. It's just what's happening now is that he's kind of got the language. He's on Twitter, he's fallen into the clique, and he has the language to express that transphobia Mm. uh, and being able to cloak it in feminist terms, like you know, accusing of gender ideology and misogyny and things like that. Have you noticed how he seems almost kind of nostalgic for Gamergate? His (laughs) his opposition to, you know, like a few video game nerds being misogynistic apparently places him above criticism in these areas for ever and ever. He seems really fixated on Gamergate. 
I hear Graham Linehan talk more about it than I do almost anybody else, and to him it seems to be the real dawn of the alt-right. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and the evidence that he is furiously opposed to any form of misogyny that invalidates any criticism of him. Oh, shit. Have you seen what's just been sent to the group chat? What? Fucking eager elephant. Calling us Tory boys. (laughs) Fucking hell. Well, you know. This is just... This is just... What what the fuck do I say to this? (laughs) How am I a posh boy Tory? It's bizarre. Literally, why do these people, like, just refuse to acknowledge that I exist? You've been one of our hosts for almost a year now. Yeah. (laughs) And... I, You're in our I, cover I photo. Wanna, Sorry. I don't want to impose anything on these these clearly really nuanced takes, but maybe they're misogynistic. Like <laughs> and maybe they just like ignoring women. That's oh, eager so elephants. I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think they're misogynist. It's not like they're you know like talking about gender ideology or anything of course eager elephant definitely talks about gender ideology though like his timeline is chock full of the most fucking repugnant transphobia and you still get like centrist journalists who are well respected in fact on the left Stephen Bush who just like I just saw him like well respected on the left no no he he is like maybe not maybe not like on the serious like communist left I guess or whatever but loads of people on like the labour left like Stephen Bush is great and it's just I'm becoming increasingly like convinced that it's just like he's you know He's just all, he's just a Blairite. He's just yeah. a, he's just a smart Blairite. George Eaton, that's where it's at. <laughs> the thing about Bush of the Stephen kind, not Jeb, <laughs> is that he's again with the progressive facade. He's kind of able to like take a seat whenever Helen Lewis goes off on like a transphobic rant on the New Statesman podcast, not the Come One. Um, yeah. And he's, he just sits back and lets her do it, sometimes nodding, sometimes agreeing, but never going full in on it. Yeah. So he remains respected by, you know, quote unquote, progressives, like some unnamed activists in the Green Party. Because <laughs> he's, he's constantly like added and retweeted by these you know, progressives and stuff because he happens to criticize the center when he's just like an enabling melt. That's yeah. that's all he is. And that's well, all he's he, good for. He criticizes the center because he's afraid that they won't win again because he believes in centrist politics and is very yeah. oh God, yeah. disheartened that they have fallen prey to the hard left. You know, it's just the hard sad. The hard left. The hard, hard left. Hard left. The hard left. The, the hard left. You know that meme? I haven't posted this on the account yet, but I'm going to do it. You know the meme of the guy looking away from the woman at the other woman? Like, I'm going to do oh, that gosh. with, like, the Labour Party, Chris Leslie, and the hard left. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you are the hard left, What's Chris. Well, we know who the hard left are. Yeah, I've just looked at the uh, eager elephant. Again, like, it's in our name. Why can they 
not spell real politic as two words. At least he didn't write politics. <laughs> yeah, um, real politic Z. <laughs> I, I, I've no idea where Aaron, presumably Bastani, even comes into it. I guess he probably was criticising Femi as well. Because, yes, like, the, the tweet that the real politic account did was deep in Aaron's mentions. Oh, was it? Yeah, it yeah. was so deep in his mentions that I just saw Femi and I just steamed. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay, that makes sense now. If it walks like a Tory and talks like a Tory, it's a Tory. <laughs> Posh boy Brexiteers in their crusty juggler panto costumes. I dunno. Yes, eager elephant. You dunno. Oh, God. <laughs> what, where the fuck do the jugglers come from? What, what is that? <laughs> crusty juggler panto costumes. What his, the fuck his, is that? His weird, is he like... seen the way I dress? Yeah, his weird, like, twisted, psychosexual fantasies where it's just, like, us, like, oh, dressed as fucking, like, 1930s carnival entertainers. <laughs> Send in the What is what is what is with this guy? Weird. Anyway, he's anyway he's talking. He's having up at night, you know. Yeah, he's like they're having a go at young people. It's tech. It's exciting. It's young people. It's crowdsourcing. It's like we are young people. Fuck you. We can have a go at some cunt our age if we want. <laughs> I also tech. like how he's tried to make us look racist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, just because we don't support like a fucking like the literal embodiment of astroturf, like <laughs> we we are we are virulent <laughs> racists. Whatever, I don't care. We don't do this for eager elephant. Mm, surprisingly, <laughs> we do it for the hard left. No, we do it for Falcon Malteser. <laughs> we do it to finally get him arrested if we just point out his heinous opinions on oh, consent shit. enough times. Of arrested, have you seen that reported cleaner to the police? And like they said that yes. they like, like yeah. look into it. Really? Yeah. Because he yeah, essentially yeah. doxed her and like misgendered her and sort of like he joined in this massive trans misogynistic pylon. Um, Holy shit. So she was like, look, this has seriously put my safety at risk. I'm pretty sure I can take this to the police. I'm going to take this to the police. And they said that uh, they'd look into it. Yeah, good. good. Yeah, I know, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully something comes of that. I haven't heard anything from her yet. Glinner, of course, denies that he's a transphobe and uh, he obviously does not like the use of the word turf. Handle your turf! But some people who do think that he's a transphobe and readily call him a turf are the denizens of Mum's Net. <laughs> Interesting. I thought Mum's Net were themselves turfs. No, they are, you see. Now, what? they have a, <laughs> they have a thread called Graham Linehan is a turf, which it starts with somebody saying he has been fighting long and hard for the repeal the ape vote, which I'll let Alex get on about in a minute, and rightly so. But, but now he has been getting shit on Twitter for his views, and yet the comments were all just like, "Yep, actually, pretty much anyone who has applied their brains to the issue is a turf." Uh, yes, well done, Graham, because the self-important misogynist twats whining at him don't have the self-awareness to know how they come across as look. Didn't know Eager Elephant was on Mum's Net. <laughs> Salt on a slug. Salt on a slug. <laughs> There's another thread as well, which is called Male Turfs, dot, dot, dot. And it's, it's like about how... 
as more and more people hit peak trans, more and more men are being gender critical. The most famous examples being Tucker Carlson. Is that like a Fox News guy? American. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, if the Fox News guys are saying it, it must they must, must have a point. Yeah, bang on. Ricky Gervais, of oh, course. Great. Yeah, twenty minutes of flatulent, self-obsessed stand-up <laughs> is is the kind of political advocacy you want for your cause. And Piers Morgan. Okay. Oh, the, the other day, Graham Linehan tweeted about the misogyny oh, of calling women turfs. The response he received was half negative, half positive, but the negative posts contained no death-slash-rape threats, as a lot of attacks on female turfs usually do. Uh, it seems that men are being taken more seriously than women on this issue. Linehan is not experiencing the same backlash Jenny Murray got. I think people see his opinion as more valid than hers. So I think, to be fair, uh, Mumsnet user turfing, a lot of people... Right. <laughs> don't think that Linehan's opinions are very valid. Uh, Clearly, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Tiff's now just, like, snitching on themselves. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, they, they do seem to be like, yeah, if being a trans-exclusionary radical feminist makes me a turf, then I <laughs> guess I'm a turf. Uh, it's right. like, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> God. I found loads of other fucking shit, like... So when somebody comes out with like these dog whistly transphobic remarks, it's kind of like, who will hear them? Who will pick up the dog whistle? Mm. It turns out the dog whistle was picked up by Heat Street columnist Ian Miles Chong. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> who wrote an article yes, about how the... The progressive left has no shortage of enemies to oppose, but like any real cult, it maintains a purity of spirit by cleansing itself of heretics. I mean, Ian Miles Chong in the first little paragraph there is just sounding like any like anti-Corbyn melt talking about like Labour life. (laughs) The latest heretic to be cast from its ranks is none other than Graham Linehan, the comedy writer of the popular TV shows The IT Crowd and Father Ted, who made a name for himself on Twitter as a progressive leftist. Then it just describes how he uses Twitter and so on. There's a great bit here, actually. Last week, the self-appointed Twitter cop... (laughs) <laughs> critical support for Ian Miles Chong uh, calling Linehan a cop <laughs> took to shaming conservative journalist James Dellingpole who used a quote from the British comedy series Bad Robots out of context Linehan may not have been aware of the quote's origins being a British comedy writer he probably was but what is certain was his intent to shame Dellingpole as a sexual deviant who enjoys having sex with animals. Um, <laughs> what the hell I, is this? I presume that refers to the pictures of dogs having sex, having sex tweet? Yeah, the tweet that I grafted so hard on like two years ago that got me blocked by Dellingpole. <laughs> James yes. Doggy Nonce was a really important time on Twitter for me and I really... <laughs> despise that it's been somehow given as a crown to throne Graham Linhan with. <laughs> Watch the throne. Graham. I worked hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good bit. Um, <laughs> there is a mention of Rebecca Riley Cooper, a political philosopher. <laughs> who... <laughs> 
a political philosopher who openly disagrees with the postmodernist concept of the gender spectrum. And so this yes, is also... I'm, I'm a postmodernist now. Um, let me update my Twitter bio. <laughs> Ian Miles Chong is a journalist and outspoken media critic. This is another article in response to the shitstorm about the National Geographic cover. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So, Mumsnet think he's transphobic. Ian Miles Chong seems to think he's transphobic, but they both support him for it. Yeah, they're like, he's transphobic, but that's great. Like, 12 out of 10, go you. We're so, proud. Graham, like, if you're not going to listen to your critics and change your views to something, you know, a decent human being would express, maybe you should just embrace it, man. You When, when, when you have uh, Graham, I didn't say that, Linus <laughs> as your Twitter display name, you, you did say that, mate. Like, we've got all the screenshots. You definitely said it over and over again. Like... You compared trans people to, like, Cronenbergian monsters. Oh, shit, yeah. Like, yes. he, oh, yeah, yeah, didn't he say, he, like, quantified it with, I mean, dead ringers. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he even got so specific about what Cronenberg film he meant. We'll use these. Give us the tools and we will do the job. And our friend, well, my friend anyway, Mr. Considerate on Twitter, posted mm. a, a tweet I thought was interesting, which was that a lot of Linehan's transphobia, in his opinion, comes from a weird, creepy idealization of the supposed female form. Mm-hmm. And so he seems to get very up in arms about, like, breast reductions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've God, seen yeah. He's re- so he, he, he's described it as like mutilation. Mutil- yeah, like, like self mutilation. Yeah. yeah. And so when he's taunting the alt right gamer gators, going on about quote unquote titties, I'm just like, <laughs> man, like you, there's something weird about you, you and you and the the titties. There's there's something he's odd going on here. Same. That's <laughs> the thing. It's 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 the same. He's literally doing the exact same thing as the misogynists he claims to be against. He's just defining womanhood based on very very strict. He's basically gatekeeping womanhood based on yeah. his perceptions of what a woman is. And for some reason, that's feminist, not misogynist to him. Mm. But I just wanted to pick up on something you said earlier, which was that maybe he should embrace the fact that that he is a transphobe. And I think he he just he has at this point. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, a good point. At one point, he does this thing where he likes to ignore the women and quote tweet the men. Yeah. In yeah. his mentions. He always says, thanks, um, another man. Another man has an observation. So someone replied to this tweet. Someone obviously seems to be a fan of his saying, my teenager is male to female trans, articulate, witty, and a huge fan of IT crowd. As a parent, I want a caring society where they're safe. I listened, read, and I'm now open to all genders. Graham replies, I think as parents, that's what we all want. I'm glad to hear he's happy and well. Oh my god. Just a, a little snide misgendering at the end. It was just so fucking... It was malicious and just yeah. blatantly transphobic. He's not even dog-whistling at this point. He's yeah. just embraced it wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. But It was one but, reply. That's it was one yeah. reply. Okay, <laughs> I... I reply. I remembered him, like, just at least chatting for for a minute with that, 
guy, but never mind. Uh, okay, he's just a complete prick, but, you know, women to him just, just appear as the mute button. Yeah. He doesn't see their replies. Just a big old mute button that he hits and then moves on to the next another man. Yeah, oh, of course. But the thing I wanted to get back to you on, Alex, was the repeal the eighth referendum and mm-hmm. this debate around Graham Linehan's bigotry has resurfaced because of something I think that he tweeted yeah, about he basically the referendum. Said that, yeah, that British turfs or British gender critical feminists, whatever the fuck kind of spin he put on it, mm-hmm. he basically mm-hmm. said that they contributed the most to the repeal campaign from the UK and that's kind of when it all resurfaced about but, him yeah, being when... a massive melt. Where, where do you get that? What, what's the, what's the a, basis for that? I don't have a fucking clue. Like, there's, just there's no turf, basis Just watching TERFs claim it. Fake news. Because Pretty much, yeah. Like, the big sort of feminists that are regularly printing pieces, pieces fuck's sake, regularly printing pieces... <laughs> piss in, on the brain. Piss on the brain. God damn it, I can't piss them <laughs> on mine. Regularly getting work in British media. You know, it's Suzanne Moore, it's Helen Lewis, it's Glosswitch... It's those women who are the ones talking about the repeal campaign and they're laying their own claim to it. They're making it seem as if they're a much bigger part of the movement than they were. Mm-hmm. But when you when you look at, at the British media, you, you see that the voices that are actually speaking about repeal are the Turfs because the Turfs are the only feminists that get media coverage. Well, you oh, saw that European issue. Like yeah, the exactly. Selection, the selection of voices in that. It was just full turfs. There was yeah. there was no one that wasn't cis there. But also, I think a lot of it came from I think the Twitter thread Ellie Mayo Hagen wrote. No. Um. Basically, I th- yeah. think it was her basically saying that UK feminists didn't do enough because I know she got dogpiled by these British turfs, mm-hmm. but oh, she wasn't yeah. directly attacking them. She was basically saying that the UK feminists haven't done enough for repeal. Yeah. And then. She got loads of, you know, melts in her mentions being like, actually, we have. Look at all these articles I've wrote. And then Helen Lewis in her goddamn mentions being like, well, I was over in Derry, but it was from my book. And yeah. it was, which um, which she promptly blocked me after I took the piss out of her for it. <laughs> Wait, Helen Lewis has got a book? Apparently so, yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're going to be doing the promotional rounds. Oh, guys, can I come on Real Politic? No, <laughs> no, no platforming Helen Lewis. <laughs> she definitely wants to come on the show for sure. Helen Lewis, friend of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I won't need to ask her where is your book because she's finally made one. Yeah, she's got her her book is here. Congrats, Helen. And you were involved in the repeal campaign weren't weren't you i'm not saying you like orchestrated it and pulled the strings actually i i, I single-handedly um repealed the Eighth amendment that w- it was all me <laughs> is um, is is this the all-powerful trans lobby that we're, we're <laughs> hearing about I am like, yeah. trans lobby. <laughs> just just yeah we'll sort that out <laughs> was it you who made graham linen look like a cunt on twitter I mean, yes, obviously. No, I, I've just, I've just found this tweet. It was in reply to Ellie Mayo Hagen. Suzanne Moore got involved. There you go. Lewis, these kind of melts. She was saying, "I agree with you that NI needs more coverage. That's why I was in brackets London, close brackets, Derry." Oh, oh. oh. The, the, but that the, the was bra- for my book. 
the so brackets are really trying to play both sides there. Like, we'll put it's them in parentheses. Lines. Oh, it's, oh, it's Derry, London Derry. Derry you, always have to Derry. Start with, you always have to start with London Derry, don't you, on the BBC? Wait, Suzanne Moore's Guardian, though, isn't she? Fuck whatever so she cares. Maybe it's got... Is it probably... I don't know. They, but they all, they all have, like, melt rules where... <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone makes you start with Londonderry. And then you have to I either interpret- alternate it or keep it as Londonderry. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you know, Mary Lou MacDonald has started saying uh, Londonderry now. Right, that's great. Really? <laughs> that's yeah, really, she, uh, that's really great. <laughs> so- force, but... Whatever. She said it was for her book, so very much a slow burn rather than a quick take. First of all, I interpreted the brackets, London, close brackets, Derry, as her attempt at humour mm. and like uh-huh. to get in on the Northern Irish, like, you know, taking the piss out of the fact that it's, you know, called Derry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty much her being like, well, actually, I have shown solidarity because I've written about you in my goddamn book. And it's just so laughable that she thinks that that's all you need to do. Like, she yeah. was over in the north and on the border counties while a campaign was being fought for bodily autonomy. And she didn't think to get involved. She didn't think to even platform or interview these people. Yeah. She was busy writing her fucking book to make some quick cash. It's just these British turfs are just so preoccupied with patting themselves on the back. They don't actually get involved in worthwhile activism. Yeah, for sure. Who was it that was underneath one of the London ARC threads where they were trying to make out as if they'd somehow been involved in that campaign with London Irish? Oh, God. And they just weren't. I can imagine, and everyone was I like, you've so done nothing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them got, like, completely humiliated underneath the... London Irish AOC tweet. <laughs> I can talk about the repeal campaign for a bit if you want. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about a bit about repeal. Then I think we should wrap up because we've got a nice hour and a half. But yeah, like, so I guess we'll tie it in with the conversation we've been having. So, like, your experiences of the repeal campaign then did not square particularly well with how Glenn had described it. Mm. Well, I mean, while the campaign was taking off and gathering traction... There was a bit of a confrontation between Irish feminists and TERFs from the UK who said they were coming over to do a kind of solidarity thing, but were actually coming over to, you know, be TERFs and um, run TERF events and just talk about TERF things. There Mm. There was a big letter that circulated that got hundreds upon hundreds of signatures from Irish-based feminists yeah. telling British turfs to fuck off and, you know, stick their nose out, basically. So it's not exactly a warm house for British turfs to begin with. The Irish feminist communities aren't perfect, obviously, but for Glenner to claim that these British turfs were as intricately involved as he says they were, that's just bollocks. Yeah. It's, it's just pure bollocks. I was involved in the border counties. I'm actually from south of the border and we ran a fucking stellar campaign around our town and Mm. literally every single person in that campaign and in that group was anti-turf and was in favour of trans inclusion now that may not be representative across Ireland but that was my experience of it like I was out with these people at least three days a week for the best part of two months unlike Helen Lewis who was out for a week writing her fucking book but um (laughs) 
these people were, you know, obviously I don't want to pat cis people on the back for doing the bare minimum, but they were attempting to make their campaigning gender inclusive. They were actively listening to both myself and other trans folks in the campaign who could get pregnant, of which there were several in the small town that we were campaigning in. And all the the kind of leaders and stuff were so willing to listen and so willing to try to be gender neutral and gender inclusive in their language their campaigning now that wasn't matched at a national level yeah for sure there there were people that were really desperately trying to cling on to heavily gendered language because they thought without it or if they made the campaign any more neutral that they would lose yeah and i think that's because in part british two feminists were telling them that oh god absolutely and it was the same for the irish male commentariat Mm -hmm. who were saying that together for yes and <clears throat> sorry, and the abortion rights campaign weren't appealing enough to Middle Ireland, quote unquote. Yeah. Oh, um, God. It was just that, it was just blatant. That, like, that's such just, like a melt columnist thing to say that like this is such and such important social issue doesn't appeal to the swing voters of middle such and such. Like because um, Middle Ireland don't get abortions, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, obviously these centrist, like Westbred commentators, they had a lot of, they have a lot of sway in the Irish media, as yeah. the centrist melts do in the UK media. Yeah. And obviously this spooked the national campaign because they admitted several times that they were doing this to appeal to Middle Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I get it, but I understand that they were scared. I was fucking terrified that this wouldn't pass. And mm-hmm. that's why I was yeah. out sabotaging my entire fucking education mm-hmm. um, to, yeah. to get this thing through. But what they did in doing that was actively fail to harness the movement and the grassroots activism behind mm-hmm. Together for Yes, behind the abortion rights campaign to show solidarity with other movements mm-hmm. like trans rights movements and things like that. And it was just it was it was such a bitter disappointment because Alliance for Choice or not Alliance for Choice, sorry, abortion rights campaign in the South were so trans inclusive before the referendum. But I feel like I I really do feel like it was the centrists and the turfs and the the male commentariat who really got to the campaigners and kind of forced them to change their tone. Yeah force them to gatekeep more in order to appeal to like middle class, middle aged, like you said, Middle Island. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Middle Ireland, which, you know, like not to be blatant, not to be flippant about it, but it doesn't fucking exist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it was a blatant excuse to kind of pick on minorities. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not. Building this like blatant. completely undefinable concept of mm. Middle Ireland. God, yeah, I'm not at all blaming Together Free Us or any of the intersectional campaigners who fought for repeal because, you know, I was one of them and I know I did have to mitigate my message at some point to get through to people. But I think that we can learn from this yeah. that trans exclusion and the exclusion of minority groups isn't necessary to win these movements. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. necessary to get this reform through. Yeah. And in, yeah. in future campaigns, especially with everyone like, now looking towards the north, mm-hmm. people can sit God, back yeah. and go, well, we don't need to play the same games. We've proven that we can do this. We don't need to put on the extra layer of what we see as security being in the the whitewashing, the trans exclusion sort of aspect of it. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like my first rally was a rally for choice 
mm-hmm. 2014, 2015, right. and I've in Belfast, mm-hmm. and I've been loosely involved in the um, abortion rights campaign, or not abortion rights campaign, but like you know pro-choice activism in the north yeah. and in the south since then, but not as closely as I'd like to. But trans inclusion campaigners are making headway, yeah. and we, there is so much dialogue consistently between trans groups and quote-unquote women's groups mm-hmm. um, in the north of Ireland. And we have a really good relationship with each other, unlike clearly the case in the UK, where, mm-hmm. where that just like that doesn't really happen. I think the referendum result and the, the overwhelming victory mm-hmm. for bodily autonomy and for inclusion and for anti-sexism, it shows that we don't actually need to mitigate our message because our message is right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's the real, real. It's the real, real. Policy. It's the real, real. It's the real, real. Policy. So, Alex, thanks, like, so much for, you know, telling us about all this stuff and joining us to talk about Glinner and also for about 45 minutes about Mike Gapes and various <laughs> yeah. other and weed and all the Jesus. usual subjects. What's a weed? I've never done one before, sorry. Um, I, I don't know. You what. and Westreen both. <laughs> it's yeah. a very very bad crime that you need not concern yourself with I think. The... Oh, motherfucker! Okay, so <laughs> that fucking stupid useless cunt Jess Phillips. It's oh, fucking done, hell. Done, she's done a tweet on the 15th June. I haven't seen it until now because under several layers of blocks and whatnot. Yeah. But she's done a tweet. Just watch Jermaine Bloody Greer. Worth a watch. Gold-plated, not giving a damn. It's delicious. For one, just everything about that knocks me physically sick. I feel ill. I'm going to have to have a break to go and vomit. I'm but just the... The complete irresponsibility of the chair of the women's PLP. This is it. This is this is top woman in the Labour Party tweeting praise in support of rape apologist, advocate for paedophilia and violently sexual trans misogynist Jermaine Greer, whose 40 year career has just been her vomiting whatever the fuck comes out of her mouth. And she somehow gets it in the news and stuff because she wrote that one really creepy, mostly now rejected second wave feminist book, The Female Eunuch, which, I mean, that's just creepy to start off with. The Female Eunuch. What the fuck does that mean? Let's not get into it. (laughs) But like this woman who has been under fire so much so recently as well. We're talking she came out in the last two months and said something like, rape isn't a violent crime it shouldn't really be prosecuted as heavily as it is we should actually be just giving them a a tap on the wrist and and telling them to bugger off because what they're doing is being unsensitive that's what rape is rape is at best unsensitive she said that you know within she said that this summer essentially isn't Greer's case against trans women that 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 it's like autochinophilia yeah, that that it that it's kind that <laughs> transitioning is basically rape, and but actual yeah, like rape yeah. is okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Doing anything I've... to your body. I think to be honest, Jermaine Greer is one of those women that's like doing anything to your body, trans or not. That's self mutilation. Yeah. That's rape. Like 
proxy rape, like all of these like weird concepts that are just like. Uh, I I reckon <laughs> Glinner is probably a big fan. That is yeah, probably, precisely yeah. his weird attitude to gender described by Mister Considerate. Yeah, exactly. But that's Jess Phillips's attitude towards gender as well and that really should say everything shouldn't it yes phillips is just one of the most serial trans misogynists yeah. and you know obviously fucking racists yeah. in the labor party mm. and she genuinely doesn't get enough criticism and isn't ostracized enough yeah, for from progressive yeah. circles and as is the case with so many of the fucking people we've talked about tonight yeah she's being allowed to co-op progressive yeah language. and i feel that just flips. class language yes yes that especially that regional accents equal yeah. working class like really really plays into her favor but I feel oh, like absolutely. Jess Phillips gets away with it in a way that even Helen Lewis doesn't anymore. Helen <laughs> Lewis, on the very far left, you know, we all fucking hate Helen Lewis. We all think, Jesus fucking Christ, every time she opens her mouth, it's going to be something horrific. Like, she's a horrible melt. She's not socialist in any way. I'm a fan. <laughs> no, I, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. Done with this sort of thing. Careful now. Down with this sort of thing. But Come on now, even Father. Sort of like, Down with this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even sort of people approaching the lefties and the new statesmen, so people that are just slightly more radical than, like, fucking John Elledge or some cunt like that, even they are at this point starting to question why Helen Lewis is, like, so obsessed with all she ever does is write about trans women not existing. And, like... It's starting to become weird for even pretty melty people, whereas Jess Phillips is still held in the highest regard within those circles. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, Jess Phillips is still allowed to say she's a socialist and people will agree with her. She's fucking... What the fuck? Actually, she seems fucking untouchable. Like if, oh God, yeah. Imagine if Corbyn tried to take the whip away from her. The yeah. new statesman running a full, like, Labour's war on women issue. Yeah, exactly. Like, why does Labour hate working class women? She's not working class! It's fine! <laughs> I only came across Jess Phillips because she was, if this was, like, years ago, she was a guest on this absolutely melty fucking podcast, The Guilty Feminist. Yeah. Which I used to listen to when I was a fucking lib, but she just comes across as so left-wing and so socialist and so working class and such an inspirational woman. And then you actually listen to her opinions and they're all fucking bad. They're all bad. She's just a horrible, horrible person. She is just vitriolically racist. She gets off on putting down black women in the party. She gets off on appropriating working class culture yeah. and pretending to be working class herself and just shitting all over trans women, but discreetly enough so that she can remain in these socialist circles, as you have both said. It's yeah. just disgusting that she continues to get away with it. And 100% the new statesman would run and the new stateswoman issue yeah. on Jess Phillips if she was ever sanctioned for being a massive melt incidentally now that you've mentioned a special new stateswoman issue oh, no. you, you know who the one the uh, i think he described himself as the token man in that new european feminism issue was oh no do you, do you want take a guess no i don't wanna oh no it it was like james bloodworth or some cunt oh for god's sake <laughs> 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 
was like, anyone but Crowley, anyone but Crowley. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, Tim Walker, the editor of The New European, I think, is putting Jason Cowley out of his money, like, mm. just being a fucking, like, blithering, oblivious toff. <laughs> I think is really, there is a hot new fucking blithering, oblivious toff on the scene, and if Jason Cowley doesn't up the melt stakes even more in the new statesman, he might soon be out of business. Mm. That's By the why way, he's on the fucking Trash Future podcast to kind of save his image. Oh, oh you're, John you're thinking of John Elledge. Yeah, oh, John Elledge. He came out yesterday and Sorry. Uh, what, what did he say yesterday? Something like, we're leaving the EU, so we have to keep austerity now. Yeah. You yeah, fucking that's... moron. You're a political commentator. And you genuinely don't realise that, like, austerity is some sort of political choice that's actually, we're not going to be free from if we remain in the EU because actually austerity is an EU set agenda that they forced on a whole country that's gone bankrupt and people are dying and sank. No, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. hi, welcome to Trash Future. Here's John <laughs> Elledge. Well, my favourite Trash Future episode is uh, the best of Trash Future. <laughs> 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 is that a really niche Alan Partridge reference? Yes, it is. Yes. It is. Apologies for forgetting forgetting these names mixed up. Um, please, please don't sue me. They're just um, literally all the fucking same. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the, no difference. It's probably the least we've got to worry about being sued for be honest but um uh, yeah the, the the tweet laura was talking about and by the way earlier on when i was bitching about the sensible left i was uh, thinking of this tweet was he added dorian linsky oh the romaniacs co-host who was yeah the probably did, yeah probably helped dunty do brexit gave him a hand along the way <laughs> but he was just getting really really up in arms about bastani's video criticizing our future our choice mm. and john elledge whose name on Twitter is John Elledge is a slur. And it's like... John Elledge is a fucking cunt. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but he... He works for the New Statesman. Like, at least on UK left Twitter, when I see people throwing around is a slur as a joke, they're generally taking the piss out of the type of new statesman set that he's part of so i'm like i don't know if that's self-referential or just missing the point or i'm pretty sure he's just missed the point subtweeting helen lewis he's just trying to meme he's he's trying to get the left twitter he's he's yeah exactly he he wants to be part of left twitter like he got in with trash future and now he thinks you know he can be the next fucking fuck knows matt zob or whatever Ha ha, you absolute melt. <laughs> oh god, he's, he, he is not going to be the next Matt Zarb. Like, he is never I mean, like... he's not going to be the next anyone, because he's not left-wing. <laughs> yes. You are seen as a supreme melt, and you also happen to be one. Take care and love to the family. It was in his article about how he was losing faith with Corbyn, which was a combination of anti-Semitism. Okay, fair enough. Russia. Russia. What the fuck are you talking about, you mm. weird war-loving freak? And um, <laughs> and Brexit. And he was like, oh, for a while the Corvinistas stopped calling me a melt. I'm like, we didn't. No. Sorry, I've, I've always <laughs> called him a melt. Um, you, you, you've uh, always uh, been a melt to us. Actually, I'm pretty but... sure what I've always called him is a thick twat. But <laughs> melt is also fine. So he said... Now, now, Dorian, everyone knows that true progressives line up with Jacob Rees-Mogg. Again, not Theresa May, like, she's actually sensible. To support a foreign policy. Yeah, she's held hostage by her backbenchers, you know. 
kind of, of like course. fucking Corbyn. He's <laughs> held hostage by John McDonnell, who's trying to pursue a hard Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> Line out of Jacob Rees-Mogg to support a foreign policy that guarantees we have to continue austerity. That's just science. science. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, John, like the empirical science of austerity economics. John, like, I'm sorry the single market won't let you fuck it, but, like, (laughs) I'm sorry that we haven't nuked Moscow because they, like, fucking didn't kill a few people. The thing about these fucking wanks is that they're so preoccupied with Brexit and they're so busy cloaking it in anti-austerity language that... They don't actually care about fighting austerity by, you know, yeah. smashing the Tory party and, but you know, it, the red Tories yeah. and the Labour party. Like that's... Absolutely. If Brexit's so important to you that you're lining up with Blairites to bash the left, like, you're probably not a great leftist. And it's depressing to see... There's obviously some decent people in the Green Party, some good, good left-wing people. I disagree with them being in the Green Party, but... Yeah. Um, no, I, but, I never but, actually joined the Green Party in, in the UK because, you know, well, Great Britain, because, you know, I'm not in Great Britain um, and it's not that yeah. great. But um, <laughs> I was first introduced to left politics through the Greens and mm-hmm. it's just an absolute farce to see them focus so much on Brexit yeah. and yeah. not on actually things that matter. Yeah. Like, I know what you mean. I'm in the Labour Party. This is the point I was going to make, though, which was then Ed Miliband was leader and Labour had an austerity-light agenda. Mm-hmm. The Greens were one of the most prominent places to go to get an anti-austerity voice. And now, just to die on the hill of a fucking failed trading block that the population declared a lack of confidence in, mm. they're pissing on all that fucking work they did attacking the austerity narrative yeah. between 2010 and 15. So it's just like, attacking it's really just... But the austerity narrative and the, um, the anti-immigration narrative that was going yeah. about on both sides of the aisle, which, yeah. while they weren't perfect i think they did pretty well yeah and and what, what's depressing you know is that i'd say that they're now just kind of like lib dems with weed but the lib dems <laughs> are actually gonna legalize weed as well <laughs> when they form a lib dem majority government of course yes just, they just got to get Tim back. No, no, no. Vince Cable, he's fucking spent. Like, they, they need to get Tim back. Oh, crumbs. Milk. Oh, crumbs. That's, that's the only solution to the Lib Dems' woes. Um... I mean, I actually want Nick Clegg back. Um, oh, wow. He's the leader this generation needs. True. Just got a lot of trust in the man. <laughs> Tom Disso has yep. tweeted, the co-chair of the all-party parliamentary group on drug policy reform is Crispin Blunt MP. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not nice because Crispin Blunt is a fucking freak. But yeah, he's a Tory. God cunt, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chilling, smoking a fat Crispin. <laughs> nice. Getting absolutely crispened. I think it might be worth mentioning the current efforts to decriminalise abortion in the North. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just being absolutely hemorrhaged by the Tory party's refusal to fucking act. Yeah. And just consistently, like Karen Bradley, melt Tory minister, just repeating the line that it's a devolved issue. Yeah. I've seen all the, like, free-spirited P kind of Tory Twitter trolls 
trotting out that same line in mm. unison. That's the thing. It's it's their it's their um what 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 do they call it um in Russia dis disinformation. Yeah, that's, that's what we call it. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, I need to get on the real politic line. But um, that's <laughs> yeah, the British government is just completely negating its duty to act to yeah. enforce human rights within the UK. And, you know, it's as a result of partition that we don't actually have these rights yet. Um, because if we were in Ireland, well, um, we fucking would. But uh, whatever, that's a whole other issue. It's just, it's absurd that the Tory party, and of course, I'm sure there are some across the aisle, are just refusing to act on such a fucking important issue. And they're just busy whining about Brexit. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, that, It's just incredibly frustrating to me as someone from the north of Ireland to see, I mean, Brexit's important, whatever. But it, um, but but it does suck the economy is, out of... is so yeah. more important. Yeah, I mean, Brexit sucks the life out of political debate like that. Oh, it's... God kind of like in the early months of Corbyn's leadership it was so hard to sustain a kind of excitement about this socialist agenda that he was supposed to be putting forward when the interviewers would never ask him or John McDonnell or whoever about the socialist agenda Mm. because the referendum was coming up and it has literally been the same ever since. (laughs) Like you've got to, to be fair to not actually being fair, I'm being sarcastic, but to be fair to Andrew Neil, when he interviewed (laughs) Corbyn during the general election, he just asked him about the IRA for 20 minutes. So not everyone's just talking about Brexit constantly, but it has just like fucking suck the life out of political debate god absolutely yeah. oh well speaking of having the life sucked out of you it's I, I, like half yeah it is uh basically and uh this has been a been a heavy recording session and i think we should probably tie it up now i need to go to bed i'm old let's go play some Nintendo switch because i'm young no so from the slick real politic i guess we'll bid you good night thank you very much for having me and literally any time you need a guest to fuck shit up just hit me up and i'm happy to go well you know seven episodes in seven days (laughs) it's happening it's happened it's not happening it's not happening yeah okay yeah, I, I, I will, I will stay alive. <laughs> um, right, thanks for listening, everyone. Good to talk with you two today as well. It was yeah. nice to talk to you, both of you. It was really fun. Sorry, we shot so high at the start. Smoking grass. <laughs> <laughs> and th- thanks to everybody who's uh, provided the written material that we used in this episode. So, you know, Ian Miles Chong, <laughs> Mum's Net. So, oh, uh, yes, uh, Citation <laughs> the... required at twitter.com forward slash Glenner. The New European, yeah. Uh, you know, we source our research from, from you know, the, the real fucking dark net. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, can we actually, uh, can we actually end it with you just saying goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Alright. Alright. This goes out to all my goodbye. Debbie getting weeded. Down in Fort Green. 
little flavor from the R.E.B. I smoke mad weed around the clock all the time. It's the only thing that keeps me from losing my mind. I smoke mad weed around the clock all the time. It's the only thing that keeps me from losing my mind. Mad niggas be on some shit. So I smoke mad weed just so I can stay legit. It's tasty, the weed is on time and it just started to My lovely, lovely, lovely whore My lovely whore My lovely whore Running through the sphere Running through the sphere Where are you going? Cause your fetlocks blowing in the wind I wanna shower you with sugar lumps Ride you over fences Polish your hooves every single day And bring you to the horse dentist My lovely, lovely, lovely horse My lovely horse My lovely horse You're a pony no more You're a pony no more Running around with a man on your back Like a train in the night like a train in the night. It's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.